powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Ladies, gentlemen, small plant life, avocados, and grapefruit, welcome to Game Over Edmonton. Avery here, back in the saddle as the Oilers win 4-2 in Florida to end their road trip. Oh my goodness. First off, first off, you can like the show, comment, and share. You can find Game Over on YouTube and on Spotify. Please help us out. If you like the content, share it. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're all doing some great stuff here at SDPN. And I got to give props in this win. First off, to the one and only Stuart Skinner. My man came out and put up 40 saves in the victory for Edmonton. Called upon, he was a rock in net. When Edmonton came out in this game so, so very flat, we saw the Edmonton start, it wasn't really there. Florida came out like gangbusters. They were up on shots in this game to start 11-0. 11-zip. Florida was dominating the offensive chances in this game. I mean... They threw a football at the man. They threw a Mr. Potato Head at Stewart. They throw at him. They threw facial wipes at him. What else? What else did Stewart face? A book! They threw a book at him. All these things Stewart faced, including the kitchen sink. And he got it done. And he got it done. Well done. Great performance. Seeing Stuart Skinner get better and better and better. It's inspiring stuff. It is fun stuff. But before we continue, want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Football continues, basketball is back, and the hockey season is well underway. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Made for Canadians by Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all of what sports betting has to offer. Head to sportinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. Ontario only. Must be 19 plus to play. And please, play responsibly. Whew, what a game, what a game, what a game. And now the Oilers have a few days off as they'll return back from Florida. They'll return to Edmonton. They'll take on the LA Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights. The Red Hot. Sorry, like an earthquake going on in the Avery Studios. <laughs> they'll take on the Red Hot Vegas Golden Knights after playing the LA Kings on Hockey Night in Canada this week. So. I mean, wow. After after that horrible game against Carolina, that was a 7-2 beatdown, pumping, brouhaha. Like whatever word you want to use to describe that game not being good for the Oilers, all the words, all the adjectives, all the verbs, all the other things you use to make words fun, you could use in that game. If you're a Hurricanes fan, if you're an Oilers fan, that was pain. That was pain personified. So, great bounce back game. And now, the question is now, if you are... If you are... Jay Woodcroft. 
what do you do now? I personally, I think you go with Stewart again against LA. Stay with the goaltender that got you a massive win against Florida. I think you stay with Skinner. You stay with Skinner again against against Vegas. And then you got you got some questions on your hand because again, you want Jack Campbell to be your number one. But Jack Cousin delivered. Now, granted, in front of Jack, it has been oof, at times offensively, we have seen a comedy of errors. Great example was when they were playing um, against Washington, sorry, Chicago, where they, you know, where um, they scored, where Warren Fogle has a turnover, and the defenseman had already left the zone. Why was there no one else with Fogel helping him out? Why did the D-man already leave the zone in a situation which Campbell needed help? So it hasn't all been on Jack Campbell. The defense has let down, has been let down in front of him. But Jack being sub 900 in net, that's tough. It's a very tough pill to swallow if you're the Edmonton Oilers to have your number one goaltender who is in year one of a five-year deal not being his best. And we all knew. Everybody knew that Jack Campbell was a goaltender that could go um, hot and cold at a moment's notice. We knew that. We knew he was a streaky goaltender, but still more reliable than I personally feel. And of course, in the chat, feel free to disagree, agree in the chat room. Voice your opinion. Game over is an interactive experience. But I think many people felt he was going to be an upgrade on Mike Smith. But... I don't think people thought he was going to struggle this hard this early into the season. I mean, was he going to have his ups and downs? Certainly. But I don't think anyone, anyone thought it was going to come in October or in November. I see Dark. Uh, thank you, Dark Fighters. Yeah, thanks for the notice. Wait, Dark Dark Fighters. Yeah, difference right now in Soup and Stew's game. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a big oof right now. It is a big oof in the game of Jack Campbell, and Stuart Skinner. And Stuart right now looks more comfortable. He looks more relaxed in net. You're not seeing those gimme goals get past Stuart Skinner in the same way they are getting past Jack Campbell. We saw goals getting past Campbell's glove hand, or in the case against Dallas Stars, that one goal that clearly went through his glove. So it's been a mix of just struggling to find his rhythm, the defense ahead of him not doing well, and just luck not really falling the way of Jack Campbell. But something has to change. Something has to change with Jack Campbell. It can't keep going the same way when we get into uh, December, January, February, March. Because if it does, I do think that now Stuart Skinner, more than ever, has the chance to show Jay Woodcroft and to Dave Manson that he should be even for a short period of time, to push Jack Campbell be the number one goaltender in net. I mean, if you're Jay Woodcroft, you got to think about it and say, you know what? Maybe even for a short period of time, I do make that switch. I see Hayter. Yeah, Clem Costin, in his first game as an Oiler, Clem Costin, I thought he was um, uh, he, he was okay in, in the forward group. He's one of the guys who came up to help after the Evander Kane injury in that, law, in that win against Tampa Bay. You now know Evander Kane is going to be out for three to four months after that very scary injury where Pat Maroon's skate clipped him and cut him down to the bone. That could have been a thousand times worse. Thankfully, you're going to have Kane back by about 
March, April for the playoff push. But yeah, in, in the meantime, you got Clem Costin coming up from Bakersfield. And you know what? He didn't do too bad. He went to the net, generated some chances. So I do want to see what more Costin can do in oil uniform. He was fine to get his first point in an Edmonton jersey. He's someone who came over from the St. Louis Blues. So I was impressed. I was impressed. Did enough to be effective on in that Oilers um, top nine unit. So... I'm sure we'll see more of what um, Carson can do against the LA Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights when the Oilers do return home. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. And again, in this game, got to give props to Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry had a strong game on the back end. Two goals, two big goals. We all know what Tyson Berry, of course, we know the flaws of Tyson Berry's game. We know the upside in Tyson Berry's game. When he can score on the power play. We can he's got a he's got a powerful shot. Offensively, he can be great. He has shown he can be a guy who can get you points when called upon. And he did it. He did his job right there. So getting two big goals to help propel Edmonton to that victory. And then Warren Fogel um chipped in with the the goal make it 3-1 to secure the Edmonton victory and then Nude with the empty netter to make this a 4-2 game. No, I know um, Tyson Berry is a name which there's very much there's two camps when it comes to Tyson Berry. There's a camp that loves him, what he brings offensively, and then there's a camp that rightfully, rightfully questions his play on the back end because too many times you do see Tyson Berry caught out of position, um, caught flat-footed, but he is someone who does find a way in the power play to produce points. So I will give him credit there on that aspect, and he deserves his props. In today's game, he was a big factor in getting Edmonton on the board and getting Edmonton propelled to victory today. So, probably should have been, probably should have been leaving this road trip here at 3-1. But I think many fans and management and the coaching staff will take going back to Edmonton at 2-2. Two and two. I think many who watch this team today will be glad they're going back at 500. As the Pacific Division still remains one of the more volatile ones. In all of hockey, the Pacific Division, you can never, even if your team, if your team is struggling, give it a week or two in that division. Give it a week or two, and somehow, some way, they'll find themselves near wildcard spot or near the division lead. I've said it before. The last time I was here hosting this the show, that the Pacific Division is never been a stable one. It has. So now Edmonton goes home and plays um, LA and Vegas. And these are two teams Edmonton has to beat. Edmonton is playing a, a Vegas goal night, a Ve Vegas goal, yeah, Vegas goal Knights team who's 13 and 2. And then the LA Kings. LA right now is in the top three of the Pacific Division. They've won three in a row, look really good. You gotta find a way to take points off of these teams in these visual matchups because come playoff time. You might very well get a rematch of Edmonton, LA, or Edmonton, Vegas. Eventually, we might you might get the first ever Edmonton, Vegas playoff series this year. So, these are two teams Edmonton has to find a way to take points off of. You gotta get at least you have to get at least two points. And Vegas, they've won nine in a row. They are on fire. They've scored fifty-seven goals this year, only allowed thirty-four. They are a strong team in many aspects and Logan Thompson how many times we see people saying that you know oh Vegas is cooked 
Vegas is done. Lightyear is hurt. They're done. But no. Vegas has found a way to... I, I knew Vegas would bounce back. I knew Vegas would bounce back and be a playoff team this year. Because, I mean, you can't count out Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, uh, Chandler Stevens, Sam. They got a good unit there in, uh, in Vegas. So, Logan Thompson deserves credit. And he is someone who I think... I think Logan Thompson is a dark horse to be a Vesna Canada finalist. I really do believe that. And great. <laughs> and M MGD, yeah, great point on Matt Nalen for the Oilers. Edmonton gets a win on the road before 5 p.m. local time. Something about the Edmonton Oilers and winning games before 5 p.m. It has never been a consistent thing. It, for whatever reason, has been a problem with this organization. And this goes back not just the current unit or the current teams. It's been an issue for the Oilers literally for a good 15, 20 years. I can remember this team just getting hammered when they had the matinee games against the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden and against the Bruins in Boston, against the Islanders in Long Island. And against the Devils in New Jersey, no matter what happened, it was never a game in which they got the first goal. It was always a game in which they were down three or four nothing within the first ten minutes. It was as if playing hockey before four p.m. or five p.m. for the Oilers was just kryptonite. No, no, playing while the sun's still out, we can't do it. No, it happened for the Oilers way too often. I'm talking back when this team was rolling J.M. Jacques in the first line and the Ryan Jones days and the days of Liam Reddick's. <laughs> back deep in the decade of darkness. I don't know what happened, but it was odd. It was really, really odd. Uh, Hater, you know what? I think, hopefully, Hater, this is the worst of Campbell. I hope that there's no other place for Jack to go but up. Because right now, with your your goals against average skyrocketing, your save percentage low, and each start being a question mark, you can only find a way. You can only hope that Jack Campbell rebounds because there isn't much there isn't much lower you can go than where he's at right now. And hopefully, like I mentioned earlier, hopefully it's just a matter of him trying to get back in groove, trying to figure out. Playing in Edmonton, playing for Edmonton, settling down with his D-men because it has to improve. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There can't be, oh, there can't be an if to what is game improving. It's got to, it has to be a win. With, for the money that was paid to him and what he was brought in to do, his game has to improve. And I do hope it turns around later this month and going into December, because that's what he was brought to. He was brought to be the number. One goaltender, but you got to be happy with what you saw from Stuart Skinner today because there was a lot of chances in tight that Florida had that he turned aside. There was a lot of chances in close within five feet all throughout this game, which he found a way to shut down. Although the one Sam Bennett goal, or sorry, the first Sam Bennett goal was a rebound that was kicked back out. And credit to Sam Bennett, though. Credit to Bennett coming across and jumping on that loose puck. To hammer it home past um, Stuart Skinner. That was a great effort on Sam Bennett's part. And I I like Sam Bennett's game in Florida. I love seeing how his career has rebounded in Florida. Because we saw in Calgary, 
he had a career that was very iffy, wasn't consistent, and I like I love that Florida gave him a chance to uh, revitalize his, his career, and he's been a very important piece in that Florida Panthers top nine forward core. So massive, massive win. MG, MG, yeah, fans since the eighties, MG, and they struggled. That, yeah, even back, yeah, Dynasty Oilers. You can look at the stats. This team, matinee games and games on New Year's Eve, Edmonton historically have not done well in. I think it was a couple of years ago was pointed out. I know the Oilers have won a couple of, of New Year's Eve games since, but going back to the late eighties, New Year's Eve and afternoon games have been just tough for them. Uh, Mitchell, do you think Sword made the right choice in training for Kachuk? Mm. You know what? I whew, that's I think it's still too early to say if it was the right choice, but I can see why you would want him. Because what Matthew, what Matthew Kachuk does, he is a very, very effective pest. And he can be a 30-goal man on your roster. But right now, being a pest and playing over the edge... He's teetering on that line of being a pest and hurting your team. We saw what happened when he um, put his stick through uh, John Quick's mask. Like, it's a fine line to be an irritant and then a play in which you're deliberately trying to injure somebody. Like, that goes wrong. That's a stick near John Quick's eye. That's a potential career-ending injury. I don't play that. I don't like that. I don't like a guy doing something that could end somebody's career because that's you're, that's how John Quick puts food in his table. That's what he provides for his family. I don't like a play in which you're possibly injuring a guy. So you can irritate a goaltender like Sean Avery did. You can irritate a goaltender by chirping him, you know, a cross check here and there. But that play where he's putting his stick near John Quick's eye, putting it through the, the hole of mass, mm -mm. I'm not a fan. I, I would have given him five games for that. I would have given him five for that because that was such a dangerous play and one of the more blatant attempt to injure situations I've seen yet this year. I was not a fan of that play at all, but I think talk ask ask me that again. I would say Christmas time. Christmas time and I will have a better idea of that Matthew Kachuk because I do think he can be a valuable cog in that top nine units for the for the Panthers because we've seen him be a very solid 80 point 75, 80 point guy, 30 goal guy for the Calgary Flames. And although full credit again to Brad for Living, after losing Goudreau, you trade Kachuk. People were thinking, oh, no, that's the end of the flame. That's the end of Calgary. But what he got back, what he got back, well done. I know it came over Edmonton. You have to tip your hat to Brad for Living for those moves, what he made this summer. You have to. I was great GMing right there. And yeah, Ryan McLeod. Ryan McLeod is someone who I've been a big fan of. And you can tell, Jay Woodcroft loves seeing his Bakerfield guys step up and take the next step in their development as pro players. Ryan McLeod in the face-off circle, 67%. He's, he's a breath of fresh air. He's someone who I think is going to have a very long career on this Oilers roster. And you saw him getting pucks. Um, he had a great game in the face-off dot. You saw him... With um Clawson on the with the Clawson on the on the two on one getting the puck across even though um even though it was saved by Spencer Knight, you see him jumping up in the play and being active, 
So he is someone who I love seeing what Robert McCloud can do as a guy who can be a third line guy, second line guy. He works hard. No, he he's making the most of his time as an Edmonton Oiler, and he's ensuring that he does not in hell want to go back to Bakersfield, California. <laughs> love his game. Love his play. And also, uh, late in this game, with Edmonton defending that one goal lead late in the game, you know, I gotta give full credit to Jesse Puliarvi. Once again, Jesse Puliarvi, and it was pointed out by Louis DeBrusque what he was doing, making things tough on the end, on Florida entrance zone, an active stick and defending against Florida when Florida had the extra attacker out. And again, Jesse Puliarvi as a defensive forward, someone who can do a lot of good things when he doesn't have the puck, it shows why he should still be on this roster. He makes a great play defensively. The puck ends up on the stick of McDavid. McDavid gets the puck to Newton Hopkins ice the game. But that play to prevent a solid chance from Florida by Puliarvi at uh, near the blue line defending shows why he's such a smart hockey player. It shows why he is so very effective and why he is this team's best defensive forward. And last year, he got votes for the Selkie from our own Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News on who I work with. I love the fact that Ryan Kennedy gave him a vote for the Selkie. I love that. So, Jesse Pugliarvi showing once again why he is valuable on this roster. And even him, again, he got, I know he, I know he didn't score, but he still got the net. He got in Spencer Knight's um, grill. He got, a, he got a few chances within five feet, which is where Jesse's game offensively thrives best. Getting near that blue paint, that's where Jesse thrives best in his game offensively. And I know he didn't score. He, he will find it, though. He will get his second goal this season if he keeps that up. He will. And Mitchell, thoughts who should start in L.A.? I think I, I'd go back to Stewart's. I think you reward Skinner with another start against L.A. He comes up and gives you 40 saves and a victory. You got to go back to Skinner, I think. Ride the hot guy right now. Ride the guy who got you a victory. And I would say after L.A., give him the Vegas game as well, too. And then, and then assess things. Assess things again if you want to go back to Jack Campbell. But I feel the next two games should be Stuart Skinner's crease for Edmonton. I know some will agree with me on that, some won't, but I think he's done enough right now to get at least the next two starts uh, from Jay Woodcroft. I really do think he deserves that. So, uh, LA, uh, Edmonton plays LA on Wednesday, and then they play the Hawkeye and Canada game against Vegas on Saturday night. And yeah, I'm sure Orla fans are probably thinking, finally, a Saturday game that's in prime time. That's in the evening again. That's not 2 p.m. That's not 3 p.m. That's not 1 p.m. And it's funny. We were um, in our Game Over group chat. We were talking, um, uh, Dennis, uh, Zach, and myself, and Andrew and Robert, we were talking about, we were joking. Uh, Dennis was joking that uh, maybe I should have, maybe I should host every Game Over matinee um, show if the Orioles win afternoon games. So we're the, I guess I guess I'll have to do some more afternoon game hosting because, hey, when I'm the host for the matinee games, Edmonton wins. So it may have to be a thing where I do more of the hosting <laughs> during games that happen before 5 p.m. <laughs> I could be the good luck charm. I could be that good luck charm for this team in games before 5 p.m. Uh, what am I, Mitchell? 
where the chance is Nuge and the crew trajectory. I would like that. I would, Mitchell, I would love to see Nuge become a guy that just becomes a point per game guy later in his career. And that still sounds so weird to say um, late in his career. I know because he's, we forget, Nuge came into his league as a fresh-faced 18-year-old. He's my age now. He's 29. He's 29 years old. But he's been here for so long. He's been in Edmonton since 2011. He's the elder statesman of this roster, and he's 29. That is a shocking thing to say, but it's so true. But I like that thing. I like to see. I like seeing where Nuge's game is gone. He when he's finding ways to put up points. He's finding ways to get pucks on net. We always know Nuge can be a great passer. We've known Nuge's ability in that aspect of his game for a very long time. <laughs> So we, I mean, we saw last year. We saw last year Nuge Bilby get assists. Where what Nuge had that very funny run of getting, oh, what was it about eighteen or nineteen assists without a goal? It was Nuge got near the NHL record of most points start a season without a goal. That was one of the funnier things in the NHL last year. Nuge just kept getting points every game, every game, but couldn't score. Didn't score. Just. Assist here and assist there. A multi-point game. No goals. And yet, the points went up for him. So, I'm liking what Ryan has done. He's always been that consistent and steady 50-60 to 60 point guy. And you need those kind of guys in the roster. And he can be an effective second-line guy. He can be a first-line guy as well, too. We've seen it before in his career. He can be that guy. And yeah, no. That's what they much needed to win. And against... And against the Florida team, like, this was a game. This was a real gut-check game for the Oilers against the Florida Panthers squad that's gunning, that's trying to battle for the Atlantic division. Uh, Florida is trying to keep pace with Detroit and Boston. And, yo, shout shout out for a second. Shout out to the Detroit Red Wings and what Steve Eisman has done. The rebuild. They are finally turning things around in, in Detroit. The rebuild, it was painful. It was tough. We saw a lot of bad hockey in Detroit. But finally, Steve Eisman is getting things turned around for the Detroit Red Wings. I love it. As they sit 7-4-3 in the Atlantic Division, I think Detroit might make the playoffs. This is the year where you're going to see the Wings return to the postseason finally. Finally. So good for them. Good for them, for Detroit and what they've done. But yeah, Edmonton with a... Gut check win against the Florida Panthers, who are trying to keep pace in the Atlantic Division, because that's a that's a whole dogfight itself right there. The Atlantic you got Boston on top of twenty four points, but then you had you'd go down from Detroit all the way to the Canadians, even the Sabers, and that is a dogfight for the top three spots in the Atlantic Division. That's gonna be a fun. You gotta keep your eyes on division. You gotta keep your eyes on that division. Aside from the Pacific. The Atlantic. That's really anybody's game outside of Ottawa. Sorry, Ottawa. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, but you know what? You're going to get Ryan Reynolds as your new owner, hopefully, very soon, depending on how things go. So, hey, that's going to be fun. It'll be fun for you guys if Ryan Reynolds will get some partners to buy the franchise. So, that will be very, very fun. <laughs> MGD. Oh, I'm glad you like this. And yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. Sit down and wait. Tell your friends. Like I said in the intro. 
Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies to watch Game Over. It's free fun. Doesn't cost you a cent to tune in. Give the show a like. Give the show a subscription. You know, we're always trying to promote this and get this bigger in all of our markets for Game Over. From Edmonton all the way Vancouver, Ottawa, every Canadian city is involved with Game Over. And yeah, Arizona in the Central. Arizona in the Central. Great point um, by Black Man. A great point, Arizona in the Central. And the Arizona Coyotes. People were talking about, oh, doom and gloom. They're going to miss the playoffs. Then, then, I mean, is their play unstable right now? Sure, but they're fun to watch right now. They are a fun team to watch on this mega road trip, which ends in Edmonton before they go back to Mold Arena in December. So that'll be that's fun to watch. You're a fun team to watch. I cannot wait to cover that game when Arizona is in Edmonton because the Coyotes are a fun, fun team to watch down there. So anyways, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Game Over Edmonton. Zach and Dennis will be back with you guys for the Edmonton LA game. And I am out. Take care. Stay safe. Have fun. You're gone. Later. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.